Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Hello, everyone. The big news... I'm Liz. Liz, I'm Liz. Liz, Nick. I'm Nick, yeah. I'm Liz. I'm going to retire from singing. Why? Yes, yes, yes. I think it's. I think everyone's been quite mean about my singing. You know, I'm a very introverted, shy person. You know, if you read my school report from primary school, they said Elizabeth is very reticent. She's very quiet. Um, I'm a very nervous person. I'm not extrovert. I don't actually like extrovert people. It was quite a big thing for me to start singing because I loved music so much. And so like Coldplay, I'm going to retire. I think I think it's great. I think it's great that you found your voice as such. Um, boom, boom. But I think we need to stick to the principle of do no harm. And people have ear earbuds in, you know, so it's quite it's quite I a shock. That's to really me. And there was there me. was a huge backlash. I kept getting these pings on my phone on Sunday. One was from Julie Birchall saying, Liz, you do know that Nights in White Saturn was the Moody Blues. Well you do now because Twitter exploded with but so when many I opened <laughs> when I opened iTunes and typed in Proku Haram, it brought the song up. But you know, and it kind of made me it kind of made me really upset the backlash because use your anger against someone or something that's doing real harm. Like use your anger against people who are experimenting on beagles or President Putin. Have a little perspective, people. I was just trying to to cheer you up and have a laugh and tell you about my session leading a choir with Gareth, whatever his name is. And so I was quite upset, so I'm not doing it anymore. I think some people were just telling you in case you didn't know. Like, we've got a letter from Sally, and she says, Hi, Liz, hate to tell you, but Nights in White Satin was Moody Blues. Maybe confusing with Whiter Shade of Pow. I think a lot of people just was letting you know, but then you've got these people, aren't you, on Twitter? I mean, I've had it a lot today. Joan. Joan. uh, Well, just people... I, uh, shall I say it again? Joan. Joan. But like today. Joan. <laughs> Joan, you're chippy. That's her five minutes of fame. Um, it's like today I'd put women instead of woman. It was obviously a typo, but someone had to make a big thing of it. It was a typo. Get but there are bigger it. wrongs in the world to write. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Who cares if I put an E instead anyway, of an O? Anyway, you've had your way, the Twitter sphere, crowd, whatever it's called. I'm not singing anymore. No, so you have lost me. You've lost an artist. You've lost me. Me 
And the man who runs Coldplay, Chris Martin, very handsome, we're not doing it anymore. But some people, I mean, it'd be nice. Like Fizz says, Fizz, I, can't, I haven't got my glasses on. It's a little little writing. Fizz. Now, she says... Nick, please, for the love of God, get Liz to stop singing. Every weekend, I love to listen while cooking. <laughs> I have anxiety with... <laughs> With the prospect of Miss Jones's caterwauling, my ears are bleeding. I love you both. Keep the podcast coming. Maybe a midweek one too. But it kind of, it kind money. of really upset me because I, all I'm trying to do is just to show people that even if you're shy and introverted and you've got nothing and you've got no one, you can still have a laugh and you can still sing along. With Gareth, whatever his name is. With, 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 with someone. But you actually had it up on your laptop. Yeah, but it was this... I blame iTunes. Oh. iTunes. iTunes. Procol, I've typed in Procol Harum. That's what came up. You know, so, so, Julie happy. Virtual, get off your horse. Much as I love you, four pounds a word. So, this week... At least you're not blaming me. That was good. This week, I have been watching, for your sakes... TV to cheer you up. There's some good TV on at the minute, isn't there? Be some quiet. really good TV. I didn't do anything. It wasn't my fault. It's not my fault, though. So I've deliberately been watching TV to cheer me up. Now, I started, because I can't bear the news anymore, I've been watching The Parisian Agency on Netflix, season two. This is about a French family of very good-looking young men who sell very luxury houses made for me. How did I miss the good-looking young men thing? And they show these rich people around these incredible apartments in Paris overlooking the Tour Eiffel. And they, they show them around mansions and they show them around chalets um, in Megève, skiing chalets. And they were showing this rich woman around um, a villa in Capferat. And she took one look at the pool. This is why I hate rich people. I hate rich people. Boycott them, block them. Take away their mansions. I hate rich people. There's people are rich for a reason. Well, unless I win the lottery, in which case I love rich people. And she said, I need to take the pool out as I don't want my teenagers lounging around doing nothing. I want them to be active. So she saw this amazing <laughs> villa with an amazing swimming pool and she said, no, we need to take the swimming pool out. And I thought, you miserable... She didn't even look happy. She, I thought, you miserable old sour-faced French woman, you stupid That's old That's a arse. bit Death Eater, Voldemort, in it, sucking the joy out of something. And Who another... Two more series I watched to cheer myself up as I came back on the train taking seven hours yesterday... Extraordinary Escapes with Sandy Toxvig. I love Sandy Toxvig. She and why hasn't she invited me? We would get on like a house on fire. I love Sandy Toxvig. And that's that. on Channel 4. And she takes famous women, not me, to these extraordinary escapes in the British Isles. And she took them to this amazing place in Norfolk. And it had this gorgeous kitchen garden that led into this sort of monument. And then it led into this sort of modernist house. And she said, oh, well, they've created a lovely kitchen garden the owner's guests can enjoy. We want our guests to enjoy the kitchen garden. And so when you look it up on the website, look it up on the website, it says, yeah, you can enjoy the kitchen garden for five grand a week. So I clicked on it and it said, 
you may only bring one dog under 15 kilos. What, what, what difference does it make? Does the floor like yeah. fall in? So, Sandy Foxfig, next time you do this series, invite me and I will say I'll be a lot wittier than all your other bloody women you take with you. I will say, what about weighing the husbands? Do not bring a husband who's over six foot two, watches porn, doesn't wash his hands, touches the remote control and is over 20 stone. Well, you've sold that sex beast to me, haven't you? God, we all want one of them, didn't we? But it's like... How do these people afford, oh, the owners have gone to these great lengths to renovate and the the windows opens out and they're critical windows and they've got a wild swimming pool. And, you know, when I lived in Somerset, I had a wild swimming swimming pool, didn't I? I never had time to go in it. I never had time to go in it. I never went in it once. No, no, no. But they never say, actually, it will cost you five grand a week and you can only bring one dog under 10 kilos. Well, what are they going to do? Weigh Mini Puppy? She's very solid. Well, it's it's all muscle. What difference does it? It's all muscle. It's not fat, it's muscle. So I kind of think these escapist (laughs) TV programmes have this nucleus of hideous, greedy, money-grabbing... Chippy, Chippy. <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible rich people, and I hate them. And if Sandy Toxford took me, I'd smash the critical windows with a hammer. That's worse than the singing. That and the mic <laughs> shook. You need to watch some then, more calming. Do you know what the third program was? I watched so like on the puppy, train. Right. Do you know what there is? Mini puppy, mini puppy. Do you weigh over ten kilos? Because you wouldn't be allowed. I think she does. You wouldn't be allowed in the kitchen garden. I think we all do. So then on the train, I watched Marcus Waring's kitchen garden. Oh no! Not you're not digging up Marcus again. <gasps> oh no! Now you see the reason. I'm in love with Marcus Waring. Although he all makes it look very seamless. And here I'm just digging up my beetroot and I'm going to make a lovely salad at my outdoor barbecue and I'm going to use my herbs. You know, they never show you in the countryside with the wind and the rain and the cost of the fuel. Do you know my fuel, before I lost my house in the Yorkshire Dales, just the flow gas, just the gas, was £800 a month. That's ridiculous. They never tell you that. They never show you Marcus Waring on his knees weeding the fucking drive. Six hours it took me to read, weed my fucking drive. And, and then he says, oh, the farmers love to help each other. No, they don't. They climb up at your windows and steal your underwear. You're very animated this week. No, but it's... Is it Marcus? What I'm trying to... Well, no, I do love Marcus. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell people is... These programmes are trying to sort of sell you a fantasy of rich people buying villas in the Capferat. You know she hates her children. They're trying to buy you a fantasy of going on holiday with Sandy Totsford, but you've got to weigh your dog. And they're buying you a fantasy of Marcus Waring. So that if I was really upset by one of the episodes, he got some pigs and he put the pigs in the pig pen. And I'm like, and he said, this is when the farm really comes alive. Yeah, until you eat them... Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's the whole thing So I'm thing very about sorry, Marcus. Chefs. I cannot marry you because you're raising these animals. He's got chickens for the table, mm. living with his laying chickens. So I'm going to leave you, chicken, in, in, in the pen to lay your eggs, but I'm taking this one. I'm going to slit its throat and electrocute no. it and pluck all its feathers off. No, no, no. 
I'm afraid there's nothing I find attractive about that. I can't. I can't like anyone that that thinks that's okay. I just can't. No. I just can't do no. it. I watch. I watch sort of more calmer things like Trigger Point, you know, and Bomb Disposal and stuff like that, and No Return. They've been really. But good. But you sort of want when life is very stressful for all of us. You sort of want to escape from it, but this idyll that rural life in England or rich people in Paris are living a fantastic life, they're not. But what have you been up to this week, Nan? Well, I'm on, a, I'm on another mission. Oh, I'm on, God. Oh. <laughs> it's not wild fit again, is no, it? No, no, it's not wild fit again. I am doing a course. I'm doing another course because I always think we should try and evolve. And but are you paying for it? No, it's all part. It's with Mind Valley. You pay a subscription, and you've got access to lots of different courses. So, yeah, I I love doing courses because I love learning new things. And I am now doing a course on astral projection with James Shaw. Do you know what? It's really interesting. I remember when I was. Is it going to be more useful than Wild Fit? No, I think I think it's like something quite exciting because I remember when I was a kid. I remember having this reoccurring thing where I, I could fly. If I, if I was going to have a superpower for me, it would be flying. That is what I would love to do. And I've got this very vivid memory as a child of sort of flying out the but window you could and going. Get a ticket on EasyJet. <laughs> no, it's not quite the flying. You know, just jump up Peter Pan sort of thing, Tinkerbell sort of thing. And I remember that and I saw this, this come up. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to go. And astral projection is is a voluntary out of body experience. So you why um, do you have the time to do this? Well, it's something you do sort of like when you go to bed. It's like meditations, and you know, I'm only on week one, so I've not gone anywhere yet. But I think it's quite exciting. You know, you can go anywhere you want and meet people that have passed that you want to see again. I want to see my dog again, Zach. But you're and not explaining how you do it. I'm not sure yet. I'm only on week one. At the moment, what we're working on is getting the body to go to sleep. So you really relax your body and you are very calm, but keeping your mind awake and active. So eventually the idea is you've got exit procedures so that your ethereal body can leave your physical body and you can go off and do all this exciting stuff. So I'm really, like, really excited. Do you mean like poop at the field? Well, yeah, apparently you can feel stuff and 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 you can touch stuff. Like you will go through houses, you, you know, or walls or doors, but you can feel it apparently. So you can go and visit people. You can go to different dimensions. You can go to different countries. You can talk to people that have died. So I want to see my dog, Zach, and my grandmother. I don't believe any of this. I think but it's if, all nonsense. But people, you, I think you've got to have an open mind. I, d- I don't know if, I mean, I don't know. I've got an open mind. Well, you said wild fit would work. You were soon back on the vegan. I still lost four stone. Yeah, but you still came off it. You said this is a this is a new lifestyle. It's a change. It's a it new was, way of life. Was well, I'll hopefully with with my astral projection, I can go and visit all different countries, or to um, so talk, talk to their to spirit guides. No, I'm only on week one. I'm not at that stage yet. I'm still on the relaxing the body stage. I think you are quite relaxed already. I'd every love to be relaxed. every single photo of Nick on Twitter is her lying on her sofa. You're never not on your sofa. No, but that's when my dog's on top of me. But uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm quite excited about this, and I think I don't know if there's if it's if it's possible or not. But I think if you'd 
go into something with an open mind. Because if you decide something's not possible, then it's not for you, is it? Some things aren't possible. But people thought the earth was flat. People would never have thought 100 years ago that you could go to the moon. There is much more than we understand or know about, isn't there? So let's do it. I'm up for it. I would love to hear from anybody else that's doing the course or that is that has had out-of-body experiences or astral projection um, experiences. I would love to hear from them. You're just looking blank. Aren't you excited by this? I think this is exciting. I think I think that you just keep signing up to all these different courses, but nothing changes anything. But I, well, it, no, things do change. But I've got I've got this real desire to learn things and experience things and to sort of push the boundaries and find out what's possible. I find that sort of like really exciting. I don't want the same life of where you get up in the morning, you do exactly the same thing day by day and you, you never give yourself a chance to experience new things. You're just, <laughs> you're just looking blank. I think we need to have a thirst and a curiosity. I remember when I first met Nick and I was living on the edge of Exmoor and she lived on the coast and she used to drive across Exmoor to come and work with my horse. And she said that she thought there was a man on her back seat. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. No, that was. should have been a warning sign because there wasn't a man on your back seat. There was a man on my back seat, you just couldn't but see what him. what was he doing? I don't know, but, but he was on my back seat there? and I, I could feel him. I could feel him, I knew he was there. Did he say anything? Was he a back street He was back a back street, street driver. driver. <laughs> the heading of this column, in case anyone emails me next week and asks me, which they always do, in which I wish I was more normal. I do wish I was more normal, actually. What's your definition of normal, though? Well, just not trying to please everyone all the time. And, OK, I'll do this, and OK, I'll do that, and I can do that, and I can get up at four in the morning, and I can fly to my bear, and I can interview the cast of Towie, and then I can interview the owner of Reese, and then I can fly that, and then I can find my copy, and then I can do the horses, and then I can walk my dogs, and then I can go shopping, and on and on and on and on and on. I'm sick of people asking me to do things. I think that the thing is, is, is you having to learn to set back. That's your lesson, isn't it? In the situation, your lesson is to set healthy boundaries. Valentine's weekend, I was away in London and I got home to a card from one of those awful websites that mean men no longer have to leave the house and go to an actual shop. They no longer need to find a stamp and a fountain pen, think of something to write. The card was addressed to mini puppies, spelt wrong, it was a photo of a bulldog, not even a border collie. The message said, how are you doing? I'm not American. I can only assume it was from he who has been blocked. Just stay blocked. I used it to light my fire. See how horrible people are to me. It wasn't even a picture of a border collie. But, Pete, yeah, I mean, I don't really like those sort of moon piggy things. I like someone that writes a card and stuff. that's what I just said. No, I'm agreeing with with you. But um, some of them are great because you can put your own pictures on, can't you, and stuff. It's the lazy person's version of sending a card, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a huge fan, I have to say. But nice, at least you got a card. I didn't get anything. I still wear the engagement ring he gave me, not to repel unwanted advances from men, as I don't get any. I wear it as something to flaunt when having a bikini wax so the therapist doesn't feel she's wasting her time because who will ever see it? It's a lovely ring. Not as lovely, sadly, 
as my maternal grandmother's ring, made in the 1920s and passed down to me. That was beautiful, beautiful. That was about the only thing I got from my mum's house, and I got a bowl. Yeah, your mum's And I got a ring. The ring was beautiful. I didn't get anything else. No. But again, Nick, I was backed into a corner, so my niece invited me to her wedding. I didn't have any money. And you said, don't give her the ring, don't give her the ring, don't give her the ring. My ex said, don't give her the ring, don't give her the ring. I didn't have anything else to give her. And I felt it was quite mean that when my mum died, her grandchildren didn't get anything. And I'm sure that wasn't my mum's intention. No, but that that would have been up to their parents, wouldn't it, to say, you know, do you want something, a granny's, or or to to deal with that? They didn't get... Her parents didn't get a look in. You didn't get a lot, and that was special to you. I'd I'd stand by it. I don't think you should have given it away. But the only thing I had of value was the ring from my maternal grandmother. So I gave it to my niece on her wedding day. Of course, I wrote about the fact I gave you the ring in this column. And I wrote about the whole trip to Edinburgh and how I paid £900 for quite yeah. a dirty flat. Disaster, and I left off the first night. I got texted the C word from the spare room. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great weekend, was it? A few days later, after I'd written that column and it had come out, I received a letter from the official receiver demanding that, as I was being made bankrupt, the ring had to be returned and sold. The letter also queried the fact I'd written about my gorgeous pale pink outfit by Susanna London. Just look at what this government has wasted on PPE. Look at how hard I've worked for 40 years. I've never had a day off sick. I've never taken benefits. I've never taken maternity leave. I've never used the NHS. I had to prove by sending emails to the official receiver that I had borrowed the outfit and I hadn't bought it. I remember. I remember. I remember. Is that the... This is, this is the... like, no one's been fined for partying in number 10 and breaking swings and getting drunk and sleeping on sofas. But apparently a homeless person was fined last week for begging in the wrong place it's during disgusting. COVID. Disgusting. We shouldn't have homeless people in 2022, do you know what I mean? We, sh- we should ha- have people in homes and, and in safe places. It's disgusting. Anyway, the next bit of my column is quite shocking, actually. I do dice with death, really, when I write this column. You have to admit. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't write about loading the dishwasher. You don't. No, you don't. So the next bit says, I'm certain if I didn't have this column, I wouldn't have lost my house. The official receiver, you know, I went to that meeting. Yeah. Had a sheaf of my columns. Highlighting, he highlighted in fluorescent pen a column where I travelled to Paris to attend the trial of John Galliano it took place in the very room and Mary Antoinette was sentenced to the guillotine and I was the only fashion journalist present no one else turned up no other fashion editors turned up do you see how quickly yeah. people lose, lose their friends yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. another piece they showed to me was when I stayed at the Hotel Plaza Athena in Paris, when I'd gone in the footsteps of Carrie Bradshaw. Notice, the whole point of the column was I went in the footsteps of Carrie Bradshaw. Which is odd that the official receiver then said to me, why did you not stay at a Holiday Inn? 
Well, Carrie Bradshaw didn't stay at the Holiday Inn, did she? She stayed at the Plaza Athena. No, it was part of the piece. You had, it, was, it was the whole point. And I didn't pay for it. It no. was work. No. No. I mean, I even got dragged in, didn't I? And I was interrogated about, about things like that. And I was trying to explain to them, it's work. When she goes to these hotels... It, the, she doesn't pay for them. It's work. You get your your accommodation and paid for, but they just didn't seem to understand. No. And they wouldn't have done the same to a man no. because they think, well, actually, you know, he's an important journalist for the Mail and he's got to go to Paris to do a story. Of course, he needs to get you're a star. Of course, he needs to get a taxi because he's carrying all the outfits for the shoot. Of course, he needs to stay in Carrie Bradshaw's suite because if if I wrote a piece saying I'm going in the footsteps of Carrie Bradshaw and I'm staying in a different hotel and I'm not in her footsteps and I don't know what the hotel's like and I don't have the same view. What's the point of the piece? What's the point of the piece? It's like saying, I know what it's like to be Diana, but I wasn't born in the same year and I'm not aristocratic and I'm not married to Prince Charles. It's completely stupid. I think someone done that recently. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have this column, I would also probably... This is quite controversial, this bit. I would still have the fiancé who gave me this ring. He wouldn't have been able to peek inside my brain as I break the fourth wall, fleabag fashion, and tell you my thoughts. I would have just talked about him behind his back like a normal person. Yeah. Do you know what that's a quote from? Go on. Bridesmaids. Is it? I love bridesmaids. She said, she said to the lovely friend, the bride says to the yeah. lovely friend, played by Kirsten Wigg, just bitch about me when you get home like a normal person. And the other great lines from Bridesmaids, I know every word because obviously I'm trying to cheer myself up. Look away, look away, while she's oh, going to the loo in the sink. Look away. So what I'm telling you, everyone listening to this, is that being in the public eye is hell. I get messages all the time. Sent you a photo. This happened on the Sunday, actually. I actually vomited when I got this. Sent you a link to Tattle Life. Wow. Wow. I feel sick. I rack my brain. What have I done that I haven't already owned up to? I texted Nick on Sunday. Nick, you're the human equivalent of Siri. How do I block direct messages? Even when a man turned up to read my meter, he said, don't have much luck on the boyfriend front, do you? Mm. Love. Yeah. I said, don't you call me love. Love should be banned, it should. And then I asked him if he had any shoe coverings and he looked at me as though I'd gone completely insane. <laughs> he said, he said well, if I'm going to come in and read your meter, I've got a COVID protocol. Is there anyone in there under 18? Have you got your dogs under control? Are your dogs vicious? Have you had any COVID symptoms in the last two weeks? So I said, well, I've got my protocols as well. Have you got any shoe coverings? <laughs> got to the end of Valentine's Day. Despite myself, I gave the odd furtive glance out of my window, trying to overlook the detritus of the people next door, just in case a delivery person hoped into view, staggering beneath the weight of red roses. But there was no one, nothing, no one, nothing, nothing. And it's still a better Valentine's Day than mine. That's quite something, isn't it, to beat yours? It, yeah, <laughs> it's still better than mine. You can read this week's diary in full on Man on Sundays, You Magazine.
So just to annoy the people at HMRC, chippy bastards, a lot of them. Chippy, very chippy. I'm now going to give you my column from live from the Plaza of Athena in 2014. Which Christmas, you didn't pay for. Which I didn't pay for. Christmas 2014. So we arrived in Paris. The ex had on his old faded skinny jeans a lumberjack shirt. What is it about men with these lumberjack shirts when they haven't even ever picked up an axe? I don't know. It's like khaki. It's like when people wear like combat khaki. Why? You're not in the army. Don't do it. Don't do it. I was already on edge, wondering when on earth he would produce the twenty one ninety nine ring. See, I knew he'd bought me a ring because I hacked his emails and he'd bought a twenty one ninety nine ring. Twenty one ninety nine. Yeah. If you, I mean, would you have known if you hadn't found that out when you looked at it? Would you have known? I started making horrid remarks to, to deflect him because I didn't know how I'd react if he gave me the twenty one ninety nine ring. Badly, I would think. So I started making remarks to deflect him, such as that his hair was too bouffant. <laughs> I said, it's like dating an old lady. We were shown up to our suite in the Plaza Athena, and it was so perfect it lightened my mood. I was in Carrie Bradshaw's suite. There was a bowl of fruit. Do you know you never eat the bowl of fruit, do you, in a hotel room? Have you ever eaten a bowl of fruit in the hotel? Well, you would, yeah, yeah but I've yeah, never I eaten have, it. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah. Flowers, a bottle of champagne, a dressing room. I stepped out on the balcony and jumped up and down at the side of the Eiffel Tower, inches away. The Dior store was on the corner with its insane Christmas decoration of a huge chandelier. That evening we got a taxi to Kong with its glass roof and view of the Seine and the Pont Neuf. This was where Carrie Bradshaw, see I was in her footsteps, had lunch with Alexander's ex-wife. Our mini-break was fast turning into an homage to Sex and the City. But as I'd spent more than a decade living through Carrie, allowing her to comfort me every night, I wanted to retrace her steps, see if it could work its magic on me. But of course, she'd had a horrid time there, demanding an autre chambre, le prix n'est pas d'important, before she got a happy ending on the Pont des Arts a place I had wanted to walk to that afternoon. But when I suggested it to my ex, he said his legs were too painful to make it. Mm-hmm. See, that wasn't in Sex and the City. Big didn't say, sorry, Carrie, I can't walk there for the finale. My legs hurt. Give me another fag. Did no, he? no. It's just sort of spoil the romance a bit, doesn't it? We ordered dinner and then my ex started talking about how he was worried we hadn't been spending enough time together. <laughs> that he's miserable without me treading water. I told him I haven't been able to stay in London, even though I've been in town every week, because his flat's so awful. Maybe, he said, I could come and live in Yorkshire. But I would feel very lonely when you go off on an assignment. I'd be a bit jealous, stuck out in the arse end of Richmond. Oh, that's not a way to ingratiate yourself, is it? Don't call where I live an arse end. Why are people always so rude to me? I don't understand don't know. it. No, it was actually a very beautiful it's house. It's like when I went into Space NK yesterday, because I was in London yesterday, and they said, do you want, is your skin dry or very dry? <laughs> I said, well, thanks very much. Well, my mum said that to me, though, one day. She said, you need some cream on your face. You're looking very dry, very dry. I looked at him, open-mouthed. At that point, not now, 
I live in a grade two Georgian house with a remarkable view of the river and the Pennines. And he lives in a flat where he spends his spare time prone in bed watching daytime TV smoking. I can't believe you said that, I said, putting down my champagne. You're always so blunt. Just as Carrie said to Alexander, I need my relationships like my espresso with a little bit of milk. I said, you don't exactly go to the Royal Opera House every night. Yes, he said, but the opportunity is there. See, when I'm in London, I go to the Royal Opera House at seven in the morning. I queue up for cheap ballet tickets because I wanted to be a ballerina yeah. like my mum. He's never been to the ballet in his life. No. You complain about everything, I said. It's your default setting. On Eurostar, even though we were in business, you complained there was no table, no linen. At my beautiful house, you said you didn't like my red Alvar Alto vase. This from someone who doesn't have a light in his bathroom. I know the candle you lit, so I could vaguely see what I was doing, was left there by your ex. No one, no man would buy a candle from Boots, would no, they? No, it's not going to happen. I bought that candle, you said. No, it's not going to happen. So no, it's no. Uh, this is my reply. A purple aromatherapy candle from Boots. I don't believe you. Not happening. He started packing the pockets on his corduroy coat. <laughs> Are you looking for your tobacco? I asked him. No, my lighter. I gave him, and I said to him, this is a gold lighter from Dunhill. And his, do you know what his reply was? And he lost it in the hotel and he said it was my fault because I made him hurry up from the taxi. Do you know what his reply was? I'm sort of scared to think. He said, it's not gold, it's gold-plated. Oh, I hate people that are so Chippy, pretentious. chippy. Oh, chippy, very chippy. We sat for a while and then he said, I've been thinking about this for a while. I thought about it in Saint-Tropez, but you've just written something mean about me. <laughs> Then no. I thought about it at the top of the shard, but I think your mum had just died, so it didn't seem the right time. He then produced the ring I'd seen on eBay for twenty one ninety nine. No box, no da, velvet da, pouch, da. just there, naked between his shaking fingers. Then he knelt in the Carrie Bradshaw restaurant in the tiny space between the table and the one next door, and he knocked over the water bottle of the people next door. It couldn't actually go more horribly wrong, could it? The couple sitting there looked alarmed, given they'd just seen us arguing. And suddenly he's proposing. Will you marry me, he said, looking up into my face. There's no words. But he didn't admit it cost twenty one ninety nine. When I said to him, I'd hatch your email and I know you bought it on eBay, he then said, oh, it cost 40 quid. Didn't, it cost 21 99 Then he said it was a token. Well, 40 is not better than 21 no. 99 really, is no. it? No. And token's fine. Just say it's a token. Say, I've got this so you can choose no, your own No, but he did one. say it was a token, but he thought it would pass as real. Yeah, but it's not really the spirit of things, You is are it? talking... To a future wife, me, or however not. improbable that sounds. Or not. Who's been to Cartier. I've been round the workshop. They showed me how it's made. I've seen the panther bracelet. I know that Elizabeth Taylor, when she bought her, when she was in the... I know that Elizabeth Taylor, when she was in the press, that Richard Burton bought me this dialogue from Cartier. She paid for it. 
Cartier told me that Richard Burton didn't actually buy the jewellery because no. she wanted to save face. She paid for it. So I know a twenty one ninety nine ring when I see one. It's just it's just not honest, is it? It's not it's not how much it cost. It's not the fact that you know, okay, if it's a token and it, you know, great, okay, fine. You might want to choose your own ring. It's just a dishonesty about it that I don't like. So then I said, well, what people normally do, normal people, normal men, is they, you know, it's a, it's a month's salary. And he said, well, I only get 800, but most of that goes on rent. And that. I said, no, not after deductions. It's a month's. <laughs> It's what you earn a month. That's what you spend on a ring. Or get a beautiful antique. And it means it actually means you mean it. So him, I think what hurt me the most was that him giving that to me. You felt sort of forced into it, a bit like my ex-husband was saying in the Telegraph. And he thought, yeah, but I'm just going to hedge my bets. I'm not going to spend very much because I yeah. want to buy some more tobacco. And the annoying thing is that you can be in the Plaza Athena. Much of the HMRC don't like it in the footsteps of Carrie Bradshaw, and in the middle of the night, there's this light going around the room, waking you up and your beautiful suite. That didn't happen in Sets City. And I'm like, why are you shining a torch on it? He says, oh, I'm looking for my tobacco. He was shining a light everywhere to look for his tobacco. And then he'd order an espresso in the morning that cost me each espresso. You know how big an espresso is? Yeah. Each espresso was 35 euros. And then he'd say it was tepid. Oh, it's tepid. It's tepid. Can we just go back to I think the word of the week is tepid. We've done chippy quite a lot. Yeah, but a new one is tepid. Can we just go back to last week where you were saying about being in a hotel on your own? It's sounding quite good now, isn't it? Having revisited this archive... Being in a hotel on your own with your square pillows sounded like a good deal, isn't it? But it's like when I went to Babington House with my future husband and I'd arranged the loft room and it's got a hot tub on the balcony and I had to literally threaten them to give me this room because you know when you book a hotel, they always give you a rubbish room, don't they? Like, I'm going to put you in an annex. I'm going to put you in the basement. I said, you give me that room. You give me that room with the hot tub. I moved heaven and earth. She wanted it bad. If I moved heaven and earth to get the right room for me and my future husband with the hot tub on the balcony. And when I said, we can go out, I showed him the room and I said, we can go out on the balcony in the hot tub and look at the, look at the surrounding and be in the hot tub on the balcony. And it, my husband's reply was... It's too tepid. It's too windy. <laughs> but it's tepid. It's too windy. He wouldn't go out on the balcony because it's too windy i think we're gonna have to go back to chippy tippid chippy and tippid (laughs) well that's it from us this week if you enjoyed listening to liz jones's diary the podcast why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts videos opinion pieces and more i'll be back next sunday but for now i'm liz jones and i'm nick goodbye goodbye